Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Happy Friday. Logan Gordon along with you. Patrick Dumas, the producer on the one and twos today. A busy show on this Friday. Of course, Pat Steinberg and Will Nalt join the program for the big show at 2 o'clock. I got you all the way until then. And of course, an edition of Hockey Central at noon and Eric Francis Friday. Still to come on the show today, but let's kick it off like we always do. And let's talk to Peter Lubardius. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Peter, happy Friday, my man. How are we? Uh, I am good. It's hard to believe that I think this is it for a while, right? This is it. This is the last uh, Hockey Central for a little while, yep. Yeah, it kind of makes me sad, but, you know, hopefully before too long we... uh, get back at it and the NHL returns and hockey returns and, you know, we get, we get back on the beam. It's, it's been, you know, for everyone, it, it's, it's been such a incredibly turbulent, um, you know, we're living our lives in so many ways in the COVID era day by day. And, you know, all of us trying to, you know, get a feel for what our new normalcy is going to be going forward and try and make our way through it. And just, you know, it kind of hit me today. It's, you know, normally like we're just, we're a month into the NHL regular season. We're, we're just, you know, we're kind of getting our, our feet wet. And now we're about to go into yet another pause before, you know, we come back again. So <laughs> it's, it, it's, uh, it's been something, hasn't it? It really has. It's uh, it's weird to think about back in the spring being at the the Saddle Dome with Pat and you know seeing the New York Islanders come in, getting ready for their game, and then all of a sudden everything uh, shutting down, and and we stopped doing Hockey Central, and then we were back to to sports on a daily basis in the middle of the afternoon, and you know we were back loving it, and now here we are uh, a few days away from November, usually our busy season, and we're, yeah. we're back to slowing down. Yes, that's where we've arrived at. And, um, you know, for all of us in the sports business, it's going to be, you know, an interesting, I think, next couple of months. We, you know, we still have soccer and we still, um, obviously, for professional sports fans, we still have the NFL. You know, I didn't really script this out today, Logan, but, you know, what I'm really hoping for over the next little while for everyone is that, um, you know, can we just, can we turn our attention now a little bit more um, when we can? And I understand health and restrictions is making it more and more difficult all the time is whether it's, you know, the Western League hopes to get back in January. The Alberta Junior League, I believe, gets set to start in the middle of November. But, you know, I, I'm hopeful and needless to say, I'm very much inclined this way myself that, you know, if you need your sports fix, there's still places to go and get it. And, you know, to be more involved in our communities and, you know, maybe go out and, you know, feast your peepers on some things that normally wouldn't necessarily, you know, be in your wheelhouse. I'm kind of hoping that, you know, sports people that are, that are missing it, um, you know, give some things a chance that maybe they normally wouldn't if the situation was more normal. 
Yeah, it's it's funny because uh, we went from you know really having only a few select sports for a little while to to having probably more than any sports fan could even intake for a long Very period true. of time. Right? I mean, even I. I found myself on the outside of a, a number of sports that I would usually be very connected to, uh, and I, it just kind of fell to the wayside because there was so much going on, and um, now we're on the other side of it again, and it'll be interesting to see how we as sports fans you know, try to get our, our, our fix of it, if you will. Well, Logan, I think what this has been, you know, I, I always think there's something to be learned when things are not what we expect, and I think for many of us, including myself, um, you know, we're all, you know, we're all creatures of habit in some way or another. And, and like you, you know, I remember the early days of the baseball playoffs where, you know, and hockey for that matter, you know, at 10 o'clock in Calgary at a hockey game and you're still watching one at 11 or 1130 or quarter to 12 at night. So it's, it's been a very, very feast or famine scenario since sports have come back and now we're kind of outside of you know um different things that people aren't always accustomed to you know it's it's more of the second the famine than the feast so i think what it's certainly alerted me to and this is what all the leagues are trying to determine um you know i wondered and and i was fascinated to see how people would go back and what would the trends be like? And, you know, how would the numbers resonate both on radio and television? And, and unless I've missed it, and I don't think I have, um, it, it showed me that, you know, sports fans who have so many choices probably for the last couple of months, almost had too many. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, people were more spread out in the ratings. And, and the other part of it is, you know, in Western Canada, you know, you really covet the summertime because you don't get a lot of it, which probably for many people, especially after, you know, in the case of the team we cover, the Flames, when they went out, then it becomes, I think, an even more difficult sell. But sports is fascinating to me, Logan, now more than ever. And I know we've touched on it on the show a couple of times over the past couple of months. Is just, you know, how sports in many ways has been the focus, not primarily, and it's not for everyone, because that's all general statements. Um, I make them sometimes. I, I'm trying to stay away because, you know, everybody looks at it different and appreciates it differently, and, and I completely get that. But there's, you know... When your team is out now, it seems more difficult than ever sometimes to keep interest from a wider group. Absolutely. I think, I think, that's, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there because that's just something – it's not something we've ever – at least not in my lifetime and I, probably not in your lifetime either. It's not something that we've ever – you know, experienced today to date where there was so much going on and, you know, outside of our own area of focus, whereas was there so much to, to feast on, right? I mean, there was, there was always, you know, you're always going to have, you know, listeners in, in our area will understand, you know, they'll always have the flames, but you know, when the, the playoffs go away, what, where do you turn your focus? Where do you, you concentrate right. your time? It's, it's been, incredibly fascinating for me to see how it's gone because I think everybody 
from a, a, watch, a listenership and a watching perspective has kind of felt that in the ratings this year too. Well, there, and there's absolutely no doubt about it. And, and now, you know, whether you're, you know, for people like yourself in sports radio, well, you know, this is, I, I truly believe that, you know, for the people on radio stations, television, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to carry sports programs and, you know, be the type of individuals when, you know, it's easy. For the next two months, sports radio is not easy. You know, it requires a lot of thought and a lot of planning and a lot of ideas in order to keep people engaged. You know, so, but with that, Logan, comes some great opportunity sometimes to, Mm -hmm. you know, to truly grow and test yourself. And, you know, a dear friend of mine always talks about, you know, the one thing that gets lost sometimes when we're having discussion is, you know, do you have the capacity to ask questions four five and six, not just one, two, and three. Um, so it's, you know, it's going to be an interesting couple of months for all of us sporting types to go about our business and, and use our time. Like I'm already after, you know, the world series came to an end and, you know, I really enjoyed myself you know, being back in July and going through the NHL playoffs and having this forum on a daily basis to keep you engaged and, you know, keep your mind in a good place and be productive. Um, You know, now the next step is biding your time and being productive till we get back and see where things head next. Well, and it's interesting because uh, in the hockey world, they've, you know, the news doesn't really stop, even though it's a, a weird off season, and you know they're already looking towards the future. And in one of the scenarios, the Flames uh, and a lot of other teams, we started to see some young guys uh, heading over to to Europe and uh, getting a chance to play ahead of what we are imagining is you know sometime in January an NHL restart. And one of those uh, guys, of course, we've heard lots of Yuso Valamaki, but another Flames forward. Making his way over there is Glenn God, and we wanted to take a moment to talk about Glenn and the fact that he's on his way over to uh, to Switzerland. Uh, a story that we've talked about on Hockey Central before, but uh, there was a little bit of a, a hang up, but now it's official, and he's he's off to play and get some time over in Europe. Yeah, we you know we kind of broke it on this show a little while ago that he was headed to Switzerland, and then I also got word that because of some changing you know health situation in Switzerland in terms of attendance that, you know, all of a sudden it got held up a little bit, but for Glenn, he's on his way to Switzerland. It's done. So the flames released, he'll play at uh, EC Visp, which is the second tier over there. And, you know, again, as we've discussed a few times, Logan, I just, you know, I, I truly believe that this player is on the precipice. Needless to say, all the moves that Brad Treleving and the Flames have made, um, how they've certainly restocked their forward group with some, you know, veteran people, it's potentially going to make life more difficult for Glenn now than it may have been a couple of weeks ago when, you know, he himself came to terms on a new one-year, two-way deal. But the great thing about Glenn is, this will be an excellent opportunity in so many different ways to be playing. And, you know, 
when camps come back. And my guess is not a whole lot happens probably prior to late December or early January as far as camp is concerned. It's a real opportunity to get a jump on some other players who don't have that same type of luxury. So, you know, opportunity comes in a lot of different ways for people, and I do. I I see this for this young man that I'm a massive fan of. Um, He's already climbed over some significant hurdles, like, you know, being drafted originally by St. Louis in the fourth round, going through the next two years, being unsigned, all the things that he did in Swift Current, coming off a sensational year in Stockton, probably minus a high ankle sprain. Logan, I think he would have played some playoff games for the Flames in in the run that we just saw very recently. So, you know, but the landscape has changed for him even in terms of three weeks ago, looked like he could easily be in the opening night lineup. Now, for Glenn, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. What do you make of you know his opportunity and just the the general sentiment from the from management that I think that you know they've they've made it harder for guys I think not not intentionally but for you know anybody from Stockton from last season to to push for an NHL roster spot you have to beat out you know legitimate NHL players this year I, I even think back to last year Lou and you talk about you know Zach Ronaldo and Tobias Reeder coming in on PTOs and and making the team. Uh, there, I don't think there's going to be any PTOs, or at least that I can think of, coming in this year uh, because they've got established either prospects or established NHL guys. I mean, Joaquin Nordstrom has 400 games to his name already in the mm-hmm. league. That's not you know something that can be disregarded. That's very hard for someone like Glenn or any other Flames prospect to to come in and prove themselves over. It is, but you have to remember this. Things change, and we're still a long ways away. Remember, as we've discussed, Logan, you know, on the program, well, the Flames now have more assets, and when you have more assets and more people, like in, in my estimation, you know you are building a really good organization the more NHL, true NHL players that you have. You know, you think about Tampa and all their success and, you know, whether they were bringing up, and I know he's moved on, Carter Verhage, or, you know, we haven't even seen a lot yet of a Matthew Joseph and all the different players. Well, just because you don't see them because they're toiling in the American League doesn't mean it doesn't create depth. It doesn't mean it doesn't give you options and that's that's to me the trademark of a team that is really building something special um you know frankly logan you don't want a lot of ptos you don't Mm -hmm. because because that to me says you know understanding that money and everything always plays a role right but it also says in some ways that you don't have quite enough of your own quality stock to fill the holes. Well, that's different now. You know, this team right now today, and, and I'm, I'm really excited about what's coming next, and, you know, talked repeatedly in some ways about the reconstruction 
of the forward group. Well, guess what we've had? Now, it hasn't maybe been what we were all pointing to, that it might require a key core piece to go the other way. But don't tell me there hasn't been reconstruction. There's been reconstruction. You have Nordstrom. You have Dominic Simone. You have Josh Levo. You know, you have some NHL-ready veteran-type options now to plug and play with. And that, you know, that, that, that's exciting. Now, granted, in this case, understanding, you know, the climate and the money situation and the flat cap, you know, the thing I like about it, Logan, is so if getting back to Glenn Godden, if Glenn Godden has to be in one of those situations for one more year where, you know, maybe he comes to the NHL and plays 25, well, in a shortened season, let's, let's just say he plays, I'm going to guess the season's going to be 48 to 60 games. That's my guess. So let's say he plays 20 games somehow, some way. Is, is it a travesty? Because come the start of the following season, then he's going to be even more ready to be a regular. So that's development, and that matters. Where you get in trouble, Logan, with teams, you know where you get in trouble? Is when you rush people and they're not ready and then they lose their confidence and then they're gone sometimes. Over-marinating is never bad. It can be hard for the players that are involved, but the more guys you have in Stockton or in junior that are, you know, getting developed and getting closer to being able to play to fit in your puzzle... That's what you want. Well, and, you know, there's something to be said that the Flames have graduated so many of these guys over the last few years. And Very I, true, I, especially I remember, on defense. Well, and the, the talk going into, you know, this year and ahead of the draft was restocking the cupboards. Well, one way to restock the cupboard is to maybe let a guy like Glenn Godden, you know, either, you know, work the, the in-between spot between the AHL and the NHL or you know, go back to the AHL for a year. That's a, for me, that's a way of restocking the cupboard. And I, I don't want to say that, you know, you're over marinating. I say, I don't, I don't really believe in that. I don't, I don't no, think I don't either. that, that, that's a thing that, you know, I think you can only get better and you can only grow in all those situations, especially after the year that he's had, I think it would only do good things for him. So I, I don't really fall into that category either. So I, I wonder if that's not a, an approach they take to, you know, going back sometimes isn't always the worst thing uh, for your development. I'm curious, Peter, as we, you know, talk for, you know, what might be the last time for a little bit, at least on Hockey Central here, and we're leading up to an NHL season where we don't know. We have no idea as of right now when we might reconvene for a training camp or what a start date looks like. We're getting, you know, a few leagues here and there with a few dates and all that, but as we know, that all changes and can change on a day-to-day basis, but what's, what do the next few months look like for you, for the, for the Flames? What are you looking forward to? What are, you, what are your expectations? Do you think the team is done? What, uh, what's on your mind for this team as we, we kind of wait for the next season to approach? Well, probably a couple of things, Logan. Um, I'm just I'm excited. Like I wish, I wish camp was going to start in two weeks just because of what the Flames have done, whether it's Markstrom, whether it's the forwards, whether it's the addition of Chris Tanev, 
Um, you know, one player I'm incredibly excited about who's over in Finland right now is Yuso Valimaki. Of, of every player on the Flames right now, I might be as interested to see him this coming season as anyone in terms of just one particular individual. And, and needless to say, I'm interested in every individual, not only on the team, but, you know, in the prospect pool as well. So uh, I'm really excited. I just, I have such high hopes, maybe, maybe too high, but um, I'm a huge Yuso Valimaki fan. And, and I think he has a chance to, you know, really, really take his game and be a flame game changer. Meaning, you know, if, if this young man turns into an everyday for sure, top four, and I, and I think potentially even, you know, a first pairing defenseman, well, that changes your world. And, and I think it's going to take some time, but I think that's where he's headed. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I, I'd love to be sitting with the Flames coaching staff when they get together um, now with all their new puzzle pieces to see how they're thinking about aligning them. And um, I don't think Brad is done. I don't. I don't. He has more assets. Um, as we get closer, you know, things things are going to potentially change and, and happen. So, you know, now the hard part is going to be being patient. Because for the first time since the Flames have been done, I'm starting to feel a little impatient. And one of the reasons I'm impatient is because I'm, I'm really, you know, curious, interested to see with Jeff Ward, who make no bones about, I'm a big fan of he and his staff. Um, now they, you know, kind of get their first full season to go about their business. I think the Flames are better equipped personnel than they've been probably for the last little while. And I can't wait to see how it all potentially comes together. Well, and, and Lou, uh, I hate it because our conversations always uh, wind up going too fast for me, but I, I know we want to take <laughs> some time as the uh, the segment comes to an end here to uh, to thank some people and uh, some supporters of ours as we've uh, come back with, with Hockey Central and enjoyed some time together. So uh, I know you want to talk about Gemini and probably Ruth Chris and all the, uh, the great people yeah. that let us do this show. No, for sure. You know, Curtis and his group over at Gemini have, have been big supporters of, of the segment and, uh, you know, allowed us again to do it um, for the last few months. So can never thank them enough for their support. Uh, you know, Tim Collins and the group over at Ruth Chris, just, you know, fantastic people with a great product. And uh, Tim's a huge hockey fan and looking forward when, you know, I get back and things get back to, to spending some more time with him and um, you know, sharing some, some hockey talk. So, you know, that's, that's a great, we just have, we have so many great, great listeners and so many great supporters of the station and we've never needed them more, Logan. We've never needed them more. Um, you know, it's not been an easy time to be in the sports business and the sports radio business. It's not hard. It's been hard for a lot of people. And, uh, so I'm very, very grateful to have this forum. Um, as I get older, I, I care more about it as, 
much as I always have, and, and I want to thank you. And I want to thank P- Peter Klein and, and obviously the boss. Um, you know, and I've known Kelly for a long time, but, you know, for for you and Peter, you know, I, I love, I really do, it's from the bottom of my heart, I love in my business that I've been in for 35-plus years now to watch good young people grow and get to know them and and watch their games grow in our business, not just the sports business. And um, so I really want to thank you and Peter. Um, you, you've done you've done great work. You've challenged me to think about it different. Um, when I've asked you some hard questions, you've you've had great perspective. And you know, I love our business, and and I love the people, and I've had an incredible journey. And um, you know, guys like yourself, Logan, you're the future. And and I think. You know, we're in, we're in good hands in our place, and that I'm, I'm proud of that. I really am. Well, and, and Peter, I know I speak for, for uh, Mr. Klein and uh, a bunch of other people around here that we, uh, we, f- we count ourselves lucky that we uh, get to learn from someone like you and get to spend time with you. You uh, are really one of the best in the business, not only uh, from your perspective, but uh, you're just a good person, Peter, and I, I enjoy uh, Every time we get to chat on or off the air, and I, I can't wait to do it some more. Please enjoy some time with your family uh, while you're back over there. Let's keep in touch, and uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoy some time off. I know it's not a, a usual time off for us, but uh, enjoy some time with your family, Lou. Take care, buddy. It's uh, always a pleasure. Well, right back at you, pal. All the best. And, uh, again, uh, to all our listeners, uh, we can't do it without you, and uh, I'm sure somebody will phone me before too long to get me to – to have a rant about something or another. So I'll be ready. <laughs> Take okay. care, Lou. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Flames Insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Peter Lubardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames, whenever the Flames come back or Whenever there's Flames news, we'll, uh, we'll lean on Peter like we always do here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, one of the best in the business, and uh, I truly mean that uh, not only as, a, as an insider, but just as a, a person to grow around in this business. He is uh, a really great guy to, uh, to be around. So thanks to Peter, as always. Uh, you won't hear him on Hockey Central for the next little bit. Uh, with hockey winding down, we'll, we'll transition to something a little different next week, but... Uh, You'll always hear Lou, and you'll always be a part of the station around here. Around the corner, we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, a hockey legend that uh, decided to walk away from the microphone this offseason and hear his perspective on retiring. It's Doc Emmerich. He'll join, uh, he was joined, excuse me, our sister station, Sportsnet 590, the fan, a little bit earlier on today. We'll hear that conversation coming up next when Hockey Central returns here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hockey Central at noon continues on a gorgeous Friday in the city of Calgary, just a few days away from October coming to an end. Usually lots of hockey talk, but uh, in a different 2020, we uh, continue to deal with a a quieter time in the hockey world, but uh, still plenty of stuff to talk about and we always enjoy our Friday chats with our next guest. It's Eric Francis from Sportsnet who joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Franchise, how are you today, buddy? I'm good, buddy. And you? We're doing pretty good here. Uh, we had a chat with the GM yesterday, so we got some fresh meat to, to chew on here for at least a couple of days. I'm sure we'll uh, be able to spread that out for a bit. 
What do you say? Come on, give me the goods. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. Oh, you know, the same old, same old. The lots of Shillington contract details, uh, trade targets. You know, the usual with Tree. Yeah, yeah. He opened up the book. Oh, good. That's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, you know what? So we we have a GM who is pretty unbelievable in terms of being open. I mean, he's not going to give us trade secrets or anything like that, but he's always available. Like, he's no Lou Lamorello who, you know, talks once a year to the media. And, uh, you know, he understands it's, it's part of the business. you got to communicate with your fans, and he does a great job with it. Going to ask you uh, a topic away from the, the Calgary Flames. It's the pretty much the biggest topic uh, around hockey right now, and that's been the Arizona Coyotes and the Mitchell Miller uh, situation. The Coyotes renouncing the rights to the young man uh, yesterday. Just uh, some overall thoughts on the process and what you've seen, Eric. Uh, pretty unprecedented, but... Um, I'm kind of of the opinion, at least you got it right uh, a few days later, even if uh, I don't think drafting him was the wisest choice. <clears throat> no, and then defending him right away. And, you know, this. The, my overwhelming takeaway is this is the power of journalism. And, you know, journalism is dying all over the world. And it's uh, this is a great example of why we need journalism and why it's so important, because it was only the investigative report uh, for in, in, with the Arizona newspaper that, you know, revealed the depth and, and just how bad this was and how much this kid that was bullied is still suffering from this and the family is still suffering from it. If, if none of that came out, prior to that coming out, the Coyotes just defended it and said, yeah, yeah, well, we're going to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. We're going to rehab him. And I totally get both sides of the argument. I mean, the kid was 14. It's atrocious what he did. Atrocious. The story just breaks your heart. But he was 14. And how long do you... Hold someone accountable for that when he's 14. He's just a kid. And I'm not defending him. I'm just saying I see that side of the argument. And I also see the other side of the argument, which is we live in a world where it's all about damage control and PR and making sure you do the right thing. And, um, you know, the book says that the right thing to do is just to walk away from this kid. And University of North Dakota just did the same thing to him today. And, again, it's all because of journalism. So that that's my big takeaway, which is, you know, Good on the journalist who broke the story, really fleshed this out, and got uh, got everybody talking about a you know an issue that, of course, we've been talking about for several years now. Seems like the Coyotes can't get out of their own way. They go and they oh, get God. Bill Armstrong to be their GM, and part of the deal is with him coming over from St. Louis that he can't be part of the draft. That's understandable. He has inside knowledge of the Blues drafting and what they're planning on doing, and so he leaves it up to his, the scouting department, and they saddle him with with this sort of situation, I mean, gosh, we've been talking about them trying to deal their captain for for months now, and it just seems like this team just can't seem to to get out of their own way, Francis. Any wonder why Cheka decided to leave? Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, this whole thing is a catastrophe, and it's and it's not just this owner; it's pretty much every owner they've ever had, except for when the NHL took it over for a while. I mean, you're right; you it's a, you put it well when you said they can't get out of their own way. Um, I was trying to think last night, is there a bigger joke of an organization in the National Hockey League than the Arizona Coyotes? And I'm not really sure I have an answer. And I don't want to sit here and besmirch a whole bunch of other clubs and talk about who else is in the running. I would put Florida in there for sure. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to go too far down that list. But, yeah, the Coyotes just can't seem to get it right at all. Um, and it even goes way back to when they built that building out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, they're just a, a colossal series of mistakes you, you know, if, you could just say they were cursed, but that's a little too easy to just say that. It's just been, 
it's unfortunate because I really want I want hockey to, to to thrive out there because I I want to continue going out there. You know, whenever the world gets back to some semblance of normalcy, I plan on retiring out there. I plan on watching hockey uh, every second or third night when I'm out there. So I need the Coyotes <laughs> to survive, and I think it's good for hockey when in the middle of the desert they can make it work. It, it's a miracle they've made it work to this point. I mean, a ton of people have lost a ton of money, but yeah, it's mostly their fault. <laughs> yeah, the, no one else to to blame for their own mistakes in uh, a lot of cases. There, uh, one guy that uh, succeeded this uh, last NHL and the return to play plan, even though it wasn't exactly planned, was uh, was Rick Bonus, and it seemed like a foregone conclusion that he was going to be the next head coach of the stars. It took a little bit of time. I think Rick took a step back to, to really evaluate the situation and everything. But yesterday we got the news. He's going to be the stars head coach. They're not going to have that interim tag anymore. He gets a two year deal to be the head coach there. He really did some great things stepping in for Dallas there and taking them to the Stanley cup final. So feels like a, a feel good story for bonus to, yeah. to get a chance to continue on with that team. Yeah. He, he's a feel good story. All right. I mean, it's a little different than the Jeff Ward situation, but in both cases, to me, it was a no-brainer that you had. You needed to keep the guy. Uh, and again, bonus went really deep in the playoffs, and that cinched it. But um, such a nice man. I, I'm so happy for him. Um, the hockey world really fell in love with this guy over the playoffs, and there were a lot of people who were thinking, God, wouldn't it be great if he could win a finally win a Stanley Cup after being in the league for, uh, what is it, parts of five decades, I think mm-hmm. he's been in the league. I golfed with him like 30 years ago. It shows how old I am, too. Uh, when I was going to university in Calgary, he was uh, on the coaching staff of the Ottawa Senators when they first came to Ottawa. And I remember uh, spending a day golfing with him and walking away going, man, is that the nicest man I've ever met in my life? Um, I mean, he gives you any putt within eight feet. I mean, that's, that's my kind of guy. That's yeah. the guy I want to golf with. And that's the kind of guy you want to win a Stanley Cup. So there you go. So anyone who's golfed with me knows why. I just pick it up when, I, when I'm within, you know, four or five feet. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, look, it's a gimme anyway, so uh, I don't know what the, the point of arguing would be. Well, exactly. Like, I've never missed one from there, but it's probably because I always pick them up. So, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you keep putting them from four and five feet out, you're going to start missing a whole bunch of them, so why bother? Exactly. You just uh, take the pain <laughs> out of it and move on to the next one. Uh, and one more outside of the, the Flames, but a, a bit of a Flames connection. The, the Hockey Hall of Fame announcing that, uh, they're not going to have a. Uh, they're going to move the 2020 Hall of Fame induction ceremony to 2021 due to all this COVID stuff. Of course, uh, that's uh, of importance to uh, to Flames fans because Jerome McGinley leads that class. It was scheduled for November 13th to 16th, but it looks as though we're going to get that pushed back into next year and uh, probably affecting the classes after it for a couple years there. Uh, Another disappointing one, but probably not a surprise to anybody that this is getting pushed back. They want to do this uh, the right way, and it's kind of good, uh, I think, for Flames fans to hear that, again, they'll get a, a proper induction. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I was surprised to hear it because I wasn't really thinking about it. And like, But, yeah, they do have that special night at, uh, uh, at Scotiabank Arena there in Toronto, and they really celebrate them, and then they have the big ceremony on the Monday, and it, these guys deserve that. I was surprised that they're going to, so by skipping a year, that means no one's going to get inducted. Uh, does that mean, the way I read this real quickly uh, earlier was they're not going to nominate, no one's going to be uh, named for the following year, for another full year, right? So for one year, yeah. no one else will be named. Uh, that's unfortunate because uh, ultimately that will cost some people um, Hall of Fame spots down the road. Uh, but anyway, it's the right thing to do. You, you, 
they got to have their special day. It's kind of like, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning win the cup, but like I know Braden Point's family didn't even go to Edmonton and celebrate with them because the next day they were gone to Tampa for the parade and all that. And like they didn't get the proper celebration in front of 18,000 people and then afterwards in the dressing room with their friends and family. I mean, I know none of the guys would complain too much because they want a cup, but it's the same sort of thing. You want it to be done right. And because the Hall of Fame has the option, uh, I'm glad they did what they did. We I mentioned we spoke to GM Brad Living yesterday here on the on the big show and uh, got into a variety of different topics and some of the ads that they they made on forward and on D. But uh, a little bit later, after we spoke to him, uh, TSN's Darren Drager uh, reported that the Flames are are actually still looking to add to their roster and looking to add specifically an experienced right side defenseman. Uh, mm-hmm. We were interested in that because the the GM talked to us that Nikita Nesterov is. Uh, you know, comfortable playing on the right side. So we thought maybe that had shored that up. But it uh, sounds as though the GM isn't quite done tinkering. It makes sense with the only two right-hand shots being Chris Tanev and Rasmus Anderson as of right now. It's still a tight cap squeeze a bit for the Flames. So I'm curious what you think about the Flames still potentially being in the market for a right-hand D. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, Nesterov has been fascinating. When I heard a couple weeks ago that they were kicking around with him, um, it does check a lot of the boxes other than the fact that he holds the stick the other way, but he does play that right side. Um, you know, I, I agree. That I know that they're kicking around looking at one more guy for depth because there's no guarantee that Nestrop can make that jump back to the NHL. I mean, he's mm-hmm. been a star in the KHL and at, at the Olympics, but you know, the NHL is a little different. It didn't really exactly work out for him the last time he was here either. I, I think they're pretty confident that it, it will be able to work out, but it's a lot of pressure to put on a guy to come into camp and be basically, hey, you're the third-pairing defenseman unless you can't perform. Um, as he keeps using the word, we got to see if it translates, uh, no pun intended. So it, if he does translate, it's a great signing, and then having more depth is great just for injury purposes. But, you know, they're also – Yusuf Alamaki's playing on the right side in Finland right now, and I know they've talked to him about potentially playing the right side here in Calgary. So, you know – that would really alleviate a lot of the pressure on finding specifically a right shot defenseman. I know they're still looking. Wouldn't be surprised if they sign another guy for the league minimum, but even that guy who they would sign would still come with a bunch of question marks and wouldn't be guaranteed to crack the roster. Just curious out of, out of uh, curiosity, really just my own curiosity here. If they're, they're in the trade market or they likely to have to move some sort of money back out the other way, if they're looking to trade for somebody, or do you think there's enough uh, low cost? Uh, assets that they could probably acquire. Yeah, one of the guys, uh, hey, and I don't want to start a rumor here because it's not what this is about, but no, you know, they do have a lot of centermen and Derek Ryan to me is, I don't want to say he's wasted as a fourth line center, but um, you know, right now he's, they got four or five guys they want to play at center and, uh, and, and Derek Ryan is just kind of sitting there and you could save what I think 3.1 million bucks. If you can trade him again, it's hard to unload salary anywhere right now. But, you know, if there was a guy who I would think that potentially they'd want to, they'd consider moving, it might be him. And, again, I'm not starting rumors. I haven't heard that anyone's been kicking tires on him. And they also covet his ability to kill penalties because he's their, you know, one of their top two penalty killers. But, um, you know, that's one potential guy who they could probably part with and it wouldn't hurt them too much. But, again, it's any trade you make, it's almost always going to have to be money in, money out. Um, but, you know, maybe they get rid of a guy like that 
and bring in a, a, a bigger name defenseman. I don't know. They, Brad Trillian keeps saying we're not done yet, and uh, I never, I never say that he's bluffing because uh, he's capable of anything. Uh, yesterday was uh, the the end of our uh, first and hopefully last edition of the at home edition of the the Pizza Pig Out. Uh, how did everything go? Uh, I know that the uh, the back to sport auction goes off until uh, November fifth, so I'd highly encourage everybody to go check out some of the great items still there. I know uh, I was probably a little bit uh, too indulgent uh, on a number of places, but uh, I didn't find a bad pizza in the the four or five times that uh, I ordered there. How was uh, your first edition of the at-home uh, pizza pig out, Francis? Oh, man, I got Carmine's coming tonight, and uh, that's eight days in a row I've eaten pizza, and I just finished playing hockey with the boys, and that pizza sure showed. So <laughs> I, I got part of me is going to be happy when it's over, but I have to say, like, Thank you to you and to PK and Steinberg, all the guys, and, and so many people in the city who went out. And it doesn't end until November 1st. We're still encouraging people to go out, just buy pizza or dine in or pick it up. Um, uh, any pizzeria or restaurant in town, support them because they've helped us raise over a million, almost a million bucks for kids' sport. Uh, donations have been coming in. We haven't even asked for donations. Uh, it's all just about supporting the pizzerias, and they're delivering pizzas to um, you know, uh, kids sport families, which is such a nice touch. They're donating the pizzas, mm-hmm. these pizzerias. So it, I, I'm so overwhelmed by how many people online have shown, you know, photos of pizza and, uh, and that they've, they're supporting the cause. So thank you to everyone. There's still lots of time to do it. Order pizza tonight or tomorrow, put it online, put it on any sort of social media, spread the word. And, uh, let's give all these restaurants love because, uh, we're, uh, they're, they're facing a tough row, uh, road ahead with COVID and this economy. So let's, uh, let's support them right now when we can. Eric Francis, pizzapigout.com is the place to go. You can check out all the pizzerias there. And there's also the link to the uh, back to sport auction. There with some great auction items still available for you to bid through. It's still going to November 1st. So get a chance in there, order some pizza in tonight. It's perfect Friday night to get some pizza in and uh, check out some of those great auction items. The action goes all the way through November 5th. Franchise, thanks so much for the time. As always, man, take care. Enjoy the weekend. Looks like we've got some nice weather heading our way. Uh, make sure to get out and enjoy with the family. Yeah, we deserve it. And the other thing is when you order your pizza, go to the ericfrancispizzapigo.com and vote for your favorite pizzas. There we go. Because uh, then we can really give them some love. So Absolutely. Perfect. Thanks, okay. Franchise. Appreciate the time, thanks, buddy. Have there a great go. weekend. Thanks, you too. Morning. Cheers, bud. Eric Francis, Sportsnet.ca, one of our NHL insiders, one of our pizza insiders here uh, with the Eric Francis Pizza Pig Out. Uh, still going until November 1st. I was a little bit wrong. It said October uh, 29th, but we're going to keep it going all the way through the weekend. That makes sense. Uh, you want some pizza tonight. You want some pizza tomorrow. Uh, if you've had some on the text line, 960-960, let us know uh, which one has been your favorite. Make sure to go to the website and vote as well. Lots of great auctions, uh, auction items too on the uh, the back to sport auction. Uh, I'll, I'll take a few seconds here just to to pump the tires on some of those auction items. There's a signed Dylan Dubé jersey comes with a Fear the Beard T-shirt. There's a signed Jonathan Taves Team Canada Olympic jersey up there. Uh, signed Johnny Gaudreau one. Uh, Flames golf bag with some golf clubs. Uh, different experiences. There's uh, helmets. There's some cool socks. Grocery gift cards, all that sort of stuff. New jerseys for the Flames, all that sort of stuff. So make sure to head to ericfrancispizzapigout.com. There's a link to the Back to Sport auction there, and you can see all the pizzerias that are taking part 
uh, in this with the donations going to Kids Sport Calgary. Uh, I have had Blaze Pizza already. Uh, Howie's, who's a good listener to the show, he brought in some pizza for us the other day. It was phenomenal. Howie's is wonderful. Oh, Howie's is so good. Uh, Blaze has been one of my favorites uh, for a long time, so I got that. And, of course, uh, Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, you uh, hear them. They bring you the guest hotline. Uh, they've got some tremendous pizza as well. So make sure that uh, you haven't had some pizza, you want some more. The weekend's the perfect time to sit down and do that. When we come back, we'll wrap up Hockey Central at noon. Get you set for the big show that starts just in a couple minutes before 1 o'clock here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hockey Central at noon, wrapping up for another Friday and wrapping up for uh, the last time in a, for a little while. We'll uh, we'll dial back on Hockey Central uh, in the coming weeks. We'll have something new for you starting next week. Uh, things uh, transitioning away from hockey is not something we usually do in uh, November or late October, but uh, that's the way that things are going to happen uh, this year. We're usually right in the thick of uh, the Flames' regular season, but uh, as we know, things are a little bit different this year in uh, COVID times. So Hockey Central going to go on a bit of a hiatus. It'll be back as soon as there's hockey uh, on our, you know, radio and stuff to talk about. We'll always be your your source for it here. But uh, Hockey Central going to take a, a bit of a break for a little while. We'll be back with something new uh, next week. So as we wrap it up, uh, Patrick uh, Dumas, our producer today, you had some news uh, in trending now. Uh, we knew the Coyotes renounced the rights to Mitchell Miller yesterday, but today mm-hmm. uh, his college doing the same. Yeah, University of North Dakota. He was uh, scheduled to be a freshman this year. Uh, he's still able to be a student at the school, but I I don't know what that means for his hockey future. Obviously, hockey is the last thing on my mind when it comes to uh, Mitchell Miller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll get into some of this more. Uh, when we transition over to yeah. the big show in a couple minutes here, but uh, it, it is the biggest story in hockey right now. Um, this is a, a really uncomfortable scenario. There's two sides to it. There's lots to um, to discuss. And uh, look, it, it's, it's uncomfortable, but I, I think this is the right thing to do for the Coyotes. I think it's the right thing to do uh, for UND. It's a, a spot that I, I think that there's – there is second chances, and Pat put it really great yesterday that you know there are absolutely room for second chances in life and learning and growing and all of that sort of stuff. And even though it was four years ago, I, as a person, just haven't seen enough growth and learning from Mitchell Miller uh, to feel like he deserves the privilege of playing hockey and making uh, you know hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. That's a really privileged spot to be in, and. Uh, he, I don't feel like he's deserving of that chance yet. Will he always be? I don't know. That's that's really up to him and uh, his support group. And there's been plenty of questions on the text line and around on Twitter and all these sort of things about you know the people around Mitchell and his parents and all that sort of stuff. I don't want to get too into any of that. I don't know his parents. I don't know what their uh, effect on him or his, their influence on him one way or the other had to do with this. All I know is that there's just something, you know, there's just something that, that sits wrong with me when you send out a letter to 31 NHL franchises talking about how sorry and remorseful you are, but the the young man on the other side of your um, actions hasn't heard that from you uh, in any way, shape, or form. That's uh, the biggest sticking point for it now, but uh, 
This story will uh, continue to follow as uh, the Coyotes renounced his rights yesterday and he won't be playing hockey uh, for UND next season either. Also, I mentioned it with Eric Francis there, the 2020 Hall of Fame class uh, getting pushed to 2021, uh, usually in November in a couple of weeks, November 13th to 16th would be when they have the induction ceremony in Toronto. Of course, this matters in this market because Jerome McGinley headlines this class with Marion Hosa, Kevin Lowe, Doug Wilson, and Kim St. Pierre. But obviously with everything going on in the COVID world, they would like to you know, do this properly and do it in a regular fashion. They don't want to sully the celebration and you know, limit it to, you know, they want to have your family there. You want to have some friends there, all that sort of stuff. So they're going to uh, to push it to 2021 uh, and give them the proper induction that they deserve. That'll do it for Hockey Central around the corner on the big show. We'll have James Sabalski for Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. We'll talk about the Canucks offseason, a little bit of a look around the sports world, and uh, we'll maybe take a little preview into uh, a pretty popular game that James just happens to be the voice on, and uh, I'm sure some of our listeners have played it, or if not, you probably have a kid that plays it. He's the voice of NHL 21 for EA Sports. We'll talk to him about the latest edition uh, in that long line of video games. All that coming up and more. Three burning questions with Patrick Dumas as the big show gets underway next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.